about you. It's all about you. So, last night, I went and saw Saw X. Okay. Saw 10. We're going to talk about, give my little review later. But I finally saw the ad for the, or the trailer for the Marvels. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with you to see it. Okay. It looks so bad. It does look bad. Looks like, like a TV show, like a bad TV awful. show. Awful. Yeah, like it looked like it was made for Disney. Low Plus. budget. Low budget. I mean, we might not have our entire crew at that point going to Marvel movie, um, which we just no. talked about. I doubt off, it. Off pod, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna hate watch the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, it looks it looks awful. I mean, you weren't too high on the first Captain Marvel anyway. No, it's out of the Stan Lee cameo, which is like one of my first. I that's it was my top five things was, in Marvel's. It was history. one of the best. It was one of the best ones, and it was one of his last ones too. Yep. But yeah, it just it just it just seems like out of place to have this type of story and what they're trying to do right now. But it was already in the last regime, so they have it's filmed, ready to go. Um, yep, it's kind of be gonna be like the placeholder between the good and the bad, I guess, since Bob Iger took over and kind of reined yep. everything in. So. Um, so, let's get into the show. We have a quick Fat Fuck segment. Lots of food news today. Um... Hot Pockets. You're a fan of the Hot Pockets? Uh, yes. I used to be. Yeah, I used to be too. Uh, Hot Pockets. The ham and cheese is really good. Pizza I've always is just okay. been the, uh, the pepperoni pizza one was always yeah. my go-to. Yeah, a lot of people like those. Um, but they're coming out with these. They, they do have breakfast variety with sausage. Meatball one's good too. I like yeah. the meatball. Yep. I don't like um, the breakfast ones. I still yeah, have one in my very, freezer because I bought yeah, a thing last year, and they're fucking awful. Very processed. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just breakfast is the easiest thing to make. So, um, but they are coming out with two new varieties: um, chorizo sausage egg and cheese is one, and bacon egg and cheese with hot honey, which is a great flavor. Um, I'm not sure how they'd be on a uh, breakfast thing, but shit, I could do this at home. I mean, bacon egg and cheese with hot honey that would be uh, pretty good to just do mm. on my own, do my own little burrito. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, Hot Pockets coming out with that. Subway is testing new things. They already have their footlong subs, known for that. Um, they're testing footlong churis, uh, churros, mm-hmm. uh, footlong Made pretzels. Made by Cinnabon. Made yeah, by Auntie yep, yep. And a footlong cookie. Probably made by Subway. Probably made by Subway. The cookies aren't too bad at Subway. Yeah, but, their cookies are good. Uh, te- they're testing that around somewhere in the country. I'm not sure where, but... Are you um, a uh, churro fan? There are certain churros that I do like. Um, there's a Mexican restaurant over here that you haven't tried yet um, in Rochester. They have the best churros I've ever had. 
And they're really? little bite-sized ch- churros, and uh, nice and crispy, and they have a nice cinnamon, yep. uh, cinnamon sugar. Vita, Vita has good churros also. Yep, I'm sure but they would That's too, like yeah. a big thing. Like in Florida, it's like all the theme parks oh, all have churros everywhere. stands. And yep. uh, I love churros. Yep. Uh, one of the places we went to what, last time I was in Florida, they had like dipped in chocolate, and they like yep. dipped them into cereals, and those are really good too. Yep. Uh, pretzels, how do you feel about these appetizer-like pretzels, the big soft pretzels? I like um, I like Ani Ann's in the mall. Um, there's two things about Ani Ann's. Very buttery. Yep. If you're into butter, yeah, which I am, they're good. They're good. Uh, with a, I, I prefer cheese over mustard. I know a lot of people like mustard. I like both. Or, or, I like, I like cheese. I like the hot cheese, and I also yep. like Ani Ann's. Also has cinnamon sugar pretzels, which yeah, are underrated, do. and they're fucking amazing. If they're warm, buttery, and nice and sugary, they're really good. Not good for you, of course, but. Also, uh, I don't good. think Ani Ann's has been in the mall for like three years. Yeah, there. Yeah, there used to be one. It wasn't Ani Ann, <laughs> it was something else. It was Pretzel it was, um, Time or something. Yeah, something, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. But they yeah. were they were awesome. Yeah, Ani Ann's. It's in uh, Portland Mall, nice. close to here. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, McDonald's. We talk about them quite a bit because of Grimace. And next month, they're coming out with two new dipping sauces for their chicken nuggets. Um, two of these sauces, and one of them is going to be a breakfast-inspired dipping sauce called the Sweet and Spicy Jam. Um, extra heat, cayenne pepper, a peppercorn kick, Szechuan peppercorn kick. Um, so it's going to be like a spicy sweet and sour? Yeah, it seems like it's, yeah, like, almost like a sweet and spicy uh, sweet yeah. and sour, yeah. Um, and the second one is a mambo sauce, which is inspired by a popular sauce in Washington, D.C. Um, tomato-based, spicy, and vinegary sauce. Almost um, reminds me maybe of like a barbecue sauce, I guess. I don't know. But they're going to be out uh, next week um, at McDonald's, I think, uh, at the beginning of the month. Um, Heinz. You ever had – you remember You remember? Um, Pep- uh, I think it was Coke had the freestyle machines where you can choose any yeah, flavor of Coke. Yeah, Five Guys. The- yep. Yep. They still have those, and you can pick any flavor in the Coke. You can put grape, cherry, yep. orange, whatever. Yeah, that's great. I want one in my house. Heinz doing I want the one same of these ex- in my house too. Yep, <laughs> doing the same exact thing. They're gonna do a sauce dispenser that can do mm-hmm. two hundred condiment combos at rest for restaurants. Mm. Um, the base is gonna be man. I think it was gonna be uh, mayonnaise, ketchup, mustard, ranch, and barbecue i think there's five or six different bases that you can choose different varieties and different flavor enhancers <clears throat> sorry and like you put jalapeno smoky chipotle buffalo mango so on and so forth and then you three different intensity levels as well yes probably hot hot to cold or whatever mild whatever yeah. um yeah oh there it is ketchup ranch well, 50 uh, the, the steak sauce and barbecue sauce those are the four yep. flavors this is a genius idea because what they can do is outfit these machines with data collecting Yep. And then they can release sauces based on what people are getting from these machines if these machines go wide enough. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's a fucking great idea. Yep. I love it. Um, and the last thing that we were going to do this week, but I had not get a chance to do it to uh, hand you off the blue cheese. It's going to hold off till next week, but we, I do have the can of the uh, flip whips that we, we mentioned last week, and we're going to do that next week. Um, okay. So that's it for Fat Fucks this week. I'm in the middle of moving. Unexpected happened last weekend, so I have not been able to set up my PlayStation 5, and I probably won't until Christmas. However, I have taken out of the box quick reactions to the cover and the controller. Is everything that I ever wanted in a PlayStation? 
for our PlayStation 5. It looks awesome. I love the symbiote taking over this PlayStation. The Spider-Man emblem looks great. Even on the controller, it looks great. Um, P PS5 is a great design, so it works perfectly with that. Um, and I like the darker covers for the PlayStation yeah. rather than the white. I want to get it for the dark cover because I wanted to get the yeah. uh, black covers and then they announced the Spider-Man ones. I think the black looks cool too. Yep, yep. Or even the purple um, with the black. I have a black one you can have. I, it's an off-brand if you want it, but we can talk about that off-brand. Perhaps. Um, so, what did we watch this week? Quite a bit. Um, we'll start with Ahsoka, Episode 7. I believe there's nine episodes, correct? So next week would be the penultimate. No, I think this is the. Pe I think this is the penultimate. I wasn't. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, double check that before we talk about this. But um, a lot of build up in this one. Not a lot of uh, story as as was in the last couple of episodes. A lot of the Dave Filoni one episode we're going to be talking about for years to come that came out a couple of years ago. But um, you do see a cameo in the very beginning by a returning yes, original. Yes, next trilogy. one's the last one. Holy shit. So, yeah, next week will be the finale. So, this was the penultimate. Um, but we did see original original trilogy character. Actually, original trilogy, prequel trilogy, and sequel trilogy. This character was in all, all three. Mm. Um, C-3PO shows up. Played by Anthony Daniels coming back and uh, doing the character. I can't believe he still fits in the suit. I'm not sure if that's him in the suit. But he definitely did the voice. Um, no, I don't... I think on Rise of Skywalker, he wasn't in the suit. I okay, think I saw something on behind sense. the scenes. Yeah, it's a tight suit, so and when you yeah. age, you 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 really have to be skinny to get in that. I game think they game. used a female for Rise okay. of Skywalker. Okay, makes sense. Um, but yeah, you see him. He's he's kind of trying to protect uh, what's her name, one of the uh, rebels there from Rebels, and I can't remember her yep. name with the with the the, the green girl, whatever the hell she is. Um, but she did make he did make a cameo, um, and you see the real return of the Jedi's. Ezra is in this. Um, Ahsoka's in this, Sabine is in this, they're all together teaming up with lightsabers and force using, it's great, it really it was a great, the way they're doing the battles in this is another great visual scene with, um, with Ahsoka and, uh, Steve, Ray Stevenson on a hill, they're kind of facing each other with, I don't, it's something, something about this show, they like to do that wide shot with the, uh, f with the lightsabers facing each other in battle, and it does look yes. really cool visually, so. Yep. Um, they did that in this episode as well. Um, did you write that Ahsoka's uh, power yeah, inconsistency? Her power inconsistency to me is kind of bothering. Like, she can go toe to toe with Darth Vader. She can kill Darth Maul, but she has a problem with Balin for some reason. Yes, yeah. Um, which is kind of annoying. Uh, I feel like she should have been able to beat him already, but they're probably saving that for the finale. Yeah, and, um, which sucks that he died because now I kind of hope that he just kind of dies in the finale just so. There's no open-ended yeah. anything with his character recasting or anything like that. Because um, Ray Stevenson's knocking out of the park, and I would have wanted him to be a part of Star Wars for a very, very long time. Yeah, me too. Uh, but we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, he's, he's definitely proven himself as an actor, and I've always liked him too. So Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's fucking amazing. awesome on Dexter. He was great as the Punisher. Yep. I love love Ray Stevenson. Yep. I always wanted to see him as a Bond villain. That would be great, yeah. Um. So after seeing this story play through, you you always you're always thinking of other things that were Star Wars in recent years, and it got me thinking like, how the hell did the sequels get so lost when the story like this can be so straightforward, so visually stunning? I mean, there are a lot of stunning visually stunning scenes in the Star Wars sequel trilogy too, but the story just got so convoluted, so strange. Yep. 
Um, it started off with Force Awakens, which was kind of a good entry entry to the story. I think got lost in the second one. You don't agree with that statement. And the third no, one just um, got, completely got lost. Completely. Just I enjoyed the f- seven and eight um, differently for different reasons. Uh, nine, I thought was a piece of shit. Uh, I don't yeah. blame JJ for what he did with seven. I don't blame Ryan for what he did with eight. Um, because there was no overarching plan, which yeah. should have been in place before they even had directors. They mm. should have had the writers in place. Um, that's kind of what James Gunn's trying to do with the DCU is make sure they don't yes. put the cart in front of the horse. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I really can't blame Ryan for writing his script based because he wrote that script before episode seven even released. And I mean, I think JJ could have done a lot better with episode nine, but at the same time, they kept the release date, forcing him to basically push out a script for that movie in like two months. Yeah. So that was a tough thing for him to go through. Um, they just need better leadership at the top and somebody in charge of creative overall, as opposed to Kathleen Kennedy just letting JJ make a fan film and then Ryan make a fan film. Yeah. Uh, and everything getting lost in the shuffle between them, considering they were such different directors. Um, different style of directing. Uh, completely different style. They don't make films like each other at all. I mean, it's like we always talk about now with DC. It's if James Gunn was working under Snyder, they're both completely different filmmakers. They don't, they wouldn't work together that well. I don't think same thing with Ryan and JJ. Um, yeah, it sucks that we got that for the sequel trilogy. Uh, but, but Filoni could use his magic and kind of make it better depending on, because everything he's doing is building towards what happens in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So hopefully he is, and he's done that before he did that. He made the clone wars make, uh, the prequels better. Just yeah. by seeing, just by watching, like and they even make them better. Par- parts of this does that too, um, yeah. especially with the Anakin stuff. He's and not yep. only this, uh, Obi Wan did the same thing. The show, the Anakin stuff, kind of did bridge that gap with the prequel trilogy that people had a problem with. Yeah, um, yeah. Overall, good. The show has been very, very good. It's probably my best thing from Star Wars since maybe Rogue One. Um, yeah. I liked Andor, but it was it didn't. So there's some of it that did not feel like Star Wars. It felt like a story way way off. But it was a good story. It was just it felt like yep. far far in the distance from Star Wars, with a little bit of Star Wars dusted in there. But um, I do like this, and I hope the landing hits next week. And like you mentioned with Ray Stevenson, I hope there's some something some some conclusion to but, his character. Yeah, but not, something or finale. maybe they could do it in animation down the line. Yeah, yeah, it could. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. Um, but yeah, the sequel trilogy, the last thing I'll say is I really, really think that they should have gone a different way with the whole... Instead, they decided to do the redemption arc again, which is a Star Wars trope. It would have been way better just to see Kylo Ren be a complete badass the last movie. Like he was in the first opening scene of that movie, which is fucking awesome. With him just taking people out. It would have been great to see him do that for a whole movie and then lose at the end. But uh, they went a different way, and uh, it is what it is. Yeah, Dis- Disney did not. <laughs> yeah, Disney did not know how to handle Star Wars. Yeah. They just they got it. Which is funny because Rebels was a Disney thing, and they let Filoni do whatever he wanted with Rebels, but they didn't care because it was their own little. It was his own little pocket of the universe, and it was on like Cartoon Network. Cartoon, yeah. So yeah, so they didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So next week we'll talk about the finale, and we'll talk about the show in full, and 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 we'll get our good reaction to everything. Um. But it's the end of the month, and we are, are well. The end of the month is also the end of football season for us. This is going to be the last week for a football movie. And fitting mm. that I pick one of the best football movies I've ever seen, and that would be Rudy. 
Also on the list, of, Kevin already mentioned, it's on on the list of a lot of people's uh, fo- best football movie list. Yep. Um, starring Sean Astin, who is, of course, in Goonies. He's in Lord of the Rings, plays Samwise. Um, John Favreau, who had a bigger role than yeah, I knew I he did. I forgot he was in that until um, I saw the notes, because I yep. haven't watched this movie since probably high school. Yeah, he played kind of a mentor. He was a kid that was an upperclassman to him, but he kind yes. of played a mentor to, to uh, Rudy yep. trying to get into uh, Notre Dame. Um, Vince Vaughn has a cameo. I was wondering if this is where they met for Maid and uh, the other movie that they did. Um, John Favreau did do, and Vince Vaughn. Was it Birdcage? or No, it was uh, Maid and uh, I can't remember the other one. Swingers? Swingers, yes. That's the big okay. one. Okay. Um, I think Swingers came out in 95. When did Rudy come out? Uh, 92 or 3, I think. It was, okay, so, so yeah. Been, it was... This must have been where yeah. they met, yeah, or the they were yeah. friends, and maybe, yeah. But Vince yeah. Vaughn played a uh, football player in this. This movie's fantastic, and the story is true, which I told, which I told you last week when I watched Remember the Titans. That true stories just, oh yeah, work with football. It works with anything, but football especially, because you can go back and go on the Wikipedia hunt after, which is just great. Yep. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. I love the story of him trying to get into Notre Dame, being the runt, being the underdog. This is a true underdog story, and I know everybody says that, I'm sure, about this movie, but he is the underdog of underdogs, where everybody told me you will never get into Notre Dame, and you especially will never get into the football program because you are a runt. But he yep. proved himself with his, with, his, with his might and his ambition, and he proved himself, and everyone on the football team fought to have him on the team, and he did have the very last play of the game, and it was just amazing. Um, and, of course, the iconic... Uh, Rant from that is one of the football players goes Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. So yep, um, yeah, great movie. I'm I'm glad we did this football watch this month, and I'm glad we ended with two great movies this month. So yeah, um, and there's a ton of movies that that I didn't pick that we could do next year as well, so we can continue this next next year, even even um, Super Bowl season when it comes along. Um, so the end of the month also means. We're going to have a retro earworm. Retro earworm theater. Kevin brought up a documentary, Jimmy, this week. It's on Hulu. It's been on there for, I think, a while, and it came yeah, out in 2020. I think it's from 2018. I think okay. it was made in 2018. It might have come out during the pandemic. Because Drake, Drake, uh, Drake Bell was in it, and I know he's in a lot of trouble right now. And, right. Uh, it was before he, before the controversy, so... Yeah. Um, but it's called The Orange Years, and it's all about the, Ninte- uh, the N- Nintendo. I'm going to get this wrong the whole entire time. But it's about Nickelodeon from the very infancy to everything that we love about Nickelodeon in the 90s. And it's a great nostalgic pleasure mm. for everything yes. in between. My, uh, my friend Matt uh, texted me. He's like, have you seen The Orange Years? And that's when I brought it up to you. Okay. Um, as soon as I, as soon as he said that, I looked it up and I was like, "Oh shit, this is a documentary that's right up our alley." It is. And like I told you, um, that I would love to see a documentary like this on ABC's uh, Friday Night Lineup. TGIF. Growing up, also yeah. TGIF. That would yeah. be to have a documentary like this about TGIF would be incredible because I lived for TGIF back in the day. Yeah, we're gonna talk about this in detail in a minute, but we're gonna play the retro earworm first. Um, back in the day, we used to watch commercials all the time. Commercials are fast-forwarded or are non-existent now with streaming. And the one theme that was always played every commercial that every kid from the 90s must know is this. 
Nick, 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 well, yeah, I know, because it wasn't, wasn't planned. I wasn't sure what we were going to pick, but it's just perfect. It's a perfect yeah. earworm, and we both are, are recognize what that is to us in our childhood. And let's talk about this documentary, because it is fan-fucking-tastic. Yep. Um, show started off as a very un- underground, um, almost like a variety show for, for kids, made for kids, or... Uh, not not necessarily variety, but just for young audiences to be in, in entranced into the brand new cable television format, um, and it grew into the Nickelodeon, which is named after after a Nickelodeon movie projector, um, which I knew that it came out in the nineteen twenties. When you old. like put in the nickel and you like wound yep. it up and it would play a movie for five minutes or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah that's what it's named after. Um, for quick, I mean, it makes sense. If you're, you're winding it up for a quick movie, you're looking for quick, uh, quick things for a kid to watch to be enthralled on the television. So that's what they call it. That's why it was kind of cool. Um, in the beginning, they didn't have a lot of original shows. Um, and I know I wasn't really watching in the '80s. The only thing I remember is a show called Today's Special. I do remember that. Um, and I know um, you can't do that on television. It was very popular for the uh, yes. for the slime and all that. And I never watched that. That was that. That was I had heard time. about it. Yeah. Yep. Same, but I did watch Double Dare, and that was where everything changed for them. Yes. And that's where the where the whole entire United States went crazy with Double yep. Dare and Mark Summers. We had the uh, the home game back in the day. Oh yeah, they came yep. with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we used to play yep. at birthday parties. Uh, Mark Summers. A lot of people know him from Unwrapped on the Food Network, but we know him, the OG Mark Summers from Double Dare, and he was the host yes. of Double Dare. Um, Didn't he have like OCD, or was that just a rumor? I'm not sure. I have because no that was like a big thing. It was like he was on a show that just covered people in goo, and he had OCD. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't he wasn't the original host either, which I didn't know. Which is kind of cool. They showed the addition of the original host. In the yeah, first who, was a, who was the creator? Correct. Who was? Yeah, he was a uh, he was a guy that was on a Nickelodeon show or had something to do with Nickelodeon, and so they just used him because he was already like being paid by them, and then mm-hmm. Mark Summers took the job from them. Yep. A um, few things I want to mention, a few shows, few few time capsules in Nickelodeon's history for us. Um, early mornings before school, about 5 o'clock in the morning, they would always play Mr. Wizard's World. I would always watch it getting up for school. This old guy kind of like reminds me a little bit of Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He would go and do science experiments for children, and it was very, very much 80s, nostalgic. He'd bring in, he'd bring in like a couple kids, and he would be teaming up with them to do these science experiments. I saw a little clip of that and it brought me back. Um, they talked a lot about the Universal Studios expansion and how they wanted Nickelodeon Studios to have their own version of Mickey Mouse. So they, so the people at Nickelodeon talked them into having their own land. And if you ever went to, Nick, uh, to Universal Studios in the 90s, you know they had their own, they had their own like kind of theme part of the theme park where they had their studios. And that's where they started filming everything from Double Dare to all that. Everything started getting filmed in Universal in Orlando. Um, I've been there. They had the geyser up front that went off, I think, once an hour. You saw the slime go out of the geyser. Um, Very retro, very awesome. Um, And then they started doing scripted shows. Um, I wasn't big on Hey Dude. I remember watching it a little as a kid, but the one show... I saw very few episodes of that. That was not my jam. 
But of course, the next one was both yeah. of our jams. The the next one was the epitome of childhood for me. Was salute your shorts. And I've been trying to get it. Is it is it on a streaming service? It's on it's on uh, it's on uh, Paramount right now. The whole entire Paramount. Series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's it's a fantastic kids show. Probably does not hold up. I'm sure. But it's about a summer camp. Um. And these kids all at summer camp, and they were right to. Uh, you want to see kids in their element, and summer camp is the one place to show kids in their element because yep. they run the world. They run the whole entire park pretty much all summer long. Do um, you ever uh, go to a summer camp? Oh, yeah. Two summers in a row. Yeah, yeah for okay. two weeks. Um, but, of course, you had uh, Donkey Lips, who who was in this documentary. He looked he looked just like an older version of Donkey Lips. He was big and, and hairy. And, and then the other kid... That was there's two two other people that are popular in this show. One of them was the kid who was in Terminator Two. Yes, he's um, he the was John Connor's friend. Yep. And the other one was um, Frankie from not Frankie. Uh, what's the kid's name from Boy Meets World? Um, not Frankie's Joey. friend, Joey. Joey the Rat. Yeah, he was in yep. this too. Um, he yep. was in the later seasons, if I remember. He was like a he came in later, maybe a year the second year. But yeah, great show. I love that show. Um, and I also always, they, uh, real quick about the kid with the red hair that was in Terminator 2. Yep. I always wondered why they never brought him back into the future Terminator sequels. He would have been perfect, perf yeah. not the actor, but the character, mm -hmm. just because you figured John would have, whatever, in the future. Had friends, that's yeah. Just a, yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, in the second, third one, they're going around killing all of his sergeants. It would have been like a fun little Easter egg if one of them was him. Yep. Um, one of my favorite shows in Nickelodeon, wasn't featured much on this, was Nick Arcade. Um, and Nick Arcade was very popular in the beginning of Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, mm -hmm. all of that, where you would see games for the very first time. If you didn't, if you didn't own the game, you would see them played on this, and you would see these kids having competitions playing each other. Like I remember, Rampage was a big one. Um, there were a few other games that were very popular. I think they had Super Mario at, at one time too, but they had just these games that they would come in and play together, and they would try to beat each other for prizes at the end. And then at the very end. The kids would go behind a green screen and they would do their own game. They'd be put into a video game, and they would face the like Godzilla monsters and weird, weird shit. It was very, very awesome. And I remember loving that as a kid. Um, and of course, scripted television brought in Pete and Pete, which was great in the back of the day. Clarissa explains it all, um, and you had a whole bunch of other ones after that. Of course, um, um, Secret World of Alex Mack, yeah. all that shit. Clarissa was, uh, what's her name, right? That was uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, yep. Melissa, yep. And uh, Nick News, Linda Ellerby. We actually had a friend that was on Nick News, uh, Chris Power. He had a thing on there. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. And uh, and uh, Nicktoons. They talked all about the, the formation of Nicktoons, Ren and Stimpy, SpongeBob, all of that. Yep. Um, and that's kind of where we left off in the late 90s, so that's pretty much God. where I left off on the notes. Yeah, because... Especially, like, with the Nicktoon stuff. Um, seeing, like, the creation of the Rugrats and stuff like that mm -hmm. was awesome. Rugrats and Doug were, like, two cartoons yeah. that I would watch when I got... Even, I was still a little bit probably too old to be watching that shit, but I would still watch it. Yeah. Um, and I remember my cousin had the VHS of the Rugrats, like, movie, and it was, like, an orange VHS yep. cassette tape. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, yeah, and, of course, uh, Ren and Stimpy was huge. Not just for kids, but it, it, mm. when they talked about going into the MTV generation, too. And MTV yep. kids were watching it in, the tw in their 20s or the 30s, even later. Um, but, yeah, great fucking documentary. Uh, it's on Hulu, as we speak. It's called The Yellow, uh, the, Yellow the Orange Years. Um, 
and it's great. It's about it's about two uh, two hours, hour and forty five minutes, so definitely worth watching. Um, and we have a couple of movies to talk about. Um, Kevin saw Saw X, the Saw Ten, whatever you want to call it. You're gonna give a reaction review to that. So yeah, yep. what do you think? I loved it. Um, this movie is very much a John Kramer movie. It's not about Jigsaw. It's not about the traps. The traps themselves are, to me, among some of the weakest. Granted, I'm pretty desanitized to violence <laughs> these days anyways with all the fucked up shit I watch. Yeah. Um, but it was very good um, entry into the Saw franchise. I think it's like the highest rated on IMDb right now, or on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now of any Saw movie outside of the what? first one, maybe. Um, but it has the most story um, out of any of them uh, outside of the first one. It takes a while, like probably 40, 45 minutes before the traps get set. I feel like it took a long time to get to that point. They do a lot of setup. Um, the movie does take place between the first and second saw. It takes place roughly two months after the first one happens. Mm. Um, they bring back a lot of people um, mm. for Easter eggs from the saw franchise he is working with Amanda, so Amanda is in the film, hmm. and he's working with someone else from the other movies also. Um, that's all I'll say about it. Uh, very good, very good movie. I'm glad I saw it. Uh, fun time, fun time. In the movies. Nice. And uh, what else and did you see? I also watched two films. One I've been waiting for for a year, um, and I went to watch it a few weeks ago. And you still had my hard drive at that point, so it was probably like a month ago, month and a half. Yep. And I was just cleaning out my hard drive, and I was like, oh. Bodies is on it. So I watched Bodies, the Pete Davidson. Uh, it's like a Gen X horror film okay. um, about these kids. Um, there's a uh, hurricane coming through, so they all get together with drinks. And Pete Davidson's this rich guy, and everyone's friends with him. And they're all kind of acquaintances. Like, they all just kind of know each other, but they're all, like, friends with Pete Davidson's character. Mm -hmm. And um, basically what happens is they play the game um, Bodies, which is this Gen... X Gen Z, what do they call them now? Gen Z. It's this Gen game that's, I guess, become popular at parties recently where there's five or six kids and they all take a card from a deck and whoever gets the Joker or the one with the X on it is the murderer. You turn the lights out and it's a game of tag until somebody alive finds one of the bodies and then they try to figure out who the killer was. Okay. So this leads to an argument eventually. Pete Davidson's just kind of coked up out of his mind. <laughs> uh, his character dies. Like he falls, like falls like in front of everyone's downstairs Pete Davidson's like fuck you all it goes upstairs and then like you see through the window that he basically falls to his death so everyone's trying to figure out it's like a who done it on who killed Pete Davidson's character obviously they turn against each other at different points um there's a girl there that is a girlfriend of one of Pete Davidson's ex-girlfriends um who's now a lesbian and they're at, she's like the outsider so nobody trusts her um she's also from like Russia so whatever um Overall, not bad. The ending is kind of stupid, um, but it was uh, it was enjoyable. I don't know if you see it on streaming, check it out. Um, especially if you like Pete Davidson, he's pretty good in it, even though he's only in it for like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Okay. Um, the other movie I saw is a recent movie. It came out the same weekend as Barbenheimer, so okay. that big weekend, this movie, this little fucking horror movie, Cobweb, was released. Starring Anthony Starr, a.k.a. Homelander, mm -hmm. and um, uh, the kid in it is, one of the kids in it is Luke Busey, okay? Another mm -hmm. Busey. Mm -hmm. he's, he's 
eight years old. He's not the son of 52-year-old Jake Busey. He's the son of 79-year-old Gary Busey. You're kidding me. <laughs> and he plays the school bully to this Holy kid. shit. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. He looks he's a Busey through and through, but he plays the school bully to this kid who basically starts hearing somebody talk to him through his wall, and his parents Anthony Stark plays this beautifully. He's just like he's Homelander, like mm -hmm. to like the teachers and everything. He's like the perfect father, and then like behind the scenes, he's kind of creepy. Um, they like lock the kid in the basement at points in the movie, and the basement's like hidden behind their fridge type deal, mm -hmm. like it's a secret door, but. Do you remember the um, Treehouse of Horror Simpsons from when you used to watch? This is one of the ones I'm sure you've seen it. It's the one where Bart was a twin and there's like a... Yes. Yeah. It's basically that. Okay. Um, he has like a sister hidden in the walls and this, the parents like locked her away type deal. Hmm. Um, and he and she's like this like really sweet. She's like, do this, do this, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets out and she's just a goddamn menace. And when she gets out, it is super entertaining, scary. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Of course, I'm a huge Anthony Starr fan from Homelander uh, and The Boys. Um, I highly recommend seeing Cobweb. Um, it, I think it just came out digitally a few weeks ago or whatever. Uh, at least I just saw it come out then. So I uh, finally got around to watching it, and it's very good. Nice. Um, and I went to the movies last night. You didn't end up going to this movie, did you? You didn't go to two today, did you? No, I got out in time, and then I was like, I'm going to take a nap, and then I woke up, and it was 6.30. Okay, so spoiler-free. So, spoiler-free. Yeah, so I'm going it. to see it. We're going to do a spoiler review next week. I'm seeing it Thursday. Okay, quick reactions. Um, visually stunning movie. Yep. Story was a little lost. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, great. I did like it, and I would say that uh, it is one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, there was a little, there's a little problems. We'll talk about it next week a little bit more in depth. But um, once you see it too, you may have the same reaction. I don't know, but um, just seemed like the story was missing something. I'm just not sure what it is. Maybe we can kind of pinpoint that next week when we talk about it in full review. But yeah, great movie. Uh, it's in theaters right now. Visually stunning, and it's done by the guy yeah. who did um, Rogue One for Star Wars. Yep. So it's the first movie he's done since Rogue One, yep. which to me is crazy because if you told me the guy that made Rogue One in 2016 was it? Yep. Uh, didn't make another movie until mm -hmm. 2023. I know yep. there was a pandemic. That's nuts. Considering Rogue One was the one Star Wars movie that everyone agreed was awesome. Yep. Um. That was kind of surprising. Also, you know how much this movie was made for? No, no Off idea. Off the top of your head? No. Guess. Guess. 100, 150 million? I don't know. $80 million. Wow. Was the budget on this fucking film. And That's all tell. I've heard is people being like, this movie cost them $80 million, and The Flash and Nina Jones cost 300 mm. and the effects in this are 10 times better. Of course, Gareth Edwards comes from a background in effects, which is how he got the job for Rogue One. Um, but that's crazy, and that makes me even more excited to see it. See what he can do for $80 Because that was my thing wondering about what Snyder's going to do, because Rebel Moon's only made for like $84, $85 million, and I was mm -hmm. like, it's not a big budget for a movie that's going to rely heavily on effects. Um, but if Gareth Edwards can do it, then it gives me more faith in that being as dope as I hope it can be. And I'm really looking forward to this next week. Yeah, it's good to have a sci-fi original. We don't have a lot of those. Yes. It's all sequels and prequels and and continuations and reboots, and this is good to yeah. have a sci-fi original. So, 
Um, so let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment of the trailer roundup. I'm hoping you saw this trailer. Did you see the Argyle trailer with Henry Cavill? Is this the Henry Cavill wearing the fucking yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger haircut? Yes, yes, yes. I haven't seen the trailer, but I've seen pictures all over Twitter. Well, it was in front of the creator. That's why it came out. So it was. Okay. It was it's a great fucking trailer. Um, Henry Cavill. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I can't remember. Elizabeth Banks. It's about no, the guy. It's about Elizabeth the sweaters, Banks. right? The Argyle yep. sweaters. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck. I, I I can't think of any I can't think of any of the cast off the top of my head because I'm tired. But um, Henry Cavill's the big one. Um, uh, Bryce Dallas How Howard is the main star of this. Um, she's an author, and Argyle is one of the characters it creates, and it's kind of a uh, alternate reality where she's where she's kind of writing about stuff that's actually happening overseas with a real life. Uh, espionage type of situation uh trail looks great especially on the big screen henry cavill with the weird haircut everybody's talking about that the high yep. top um so yeah i can't wait for that movie it comes out next year um weekend box office took a hit last weekend uh we're in the middle of september not a lot of uh, people are going to the movies they're all back to school yeah. all back to work everything um but the nun 2 did win um, not by much. Expendables was number two, and Haunting in Venice was number three. Expendables four made eight point three million dollars in its opening, making it the franchise lowest, um, putting it behind the Nun two and uh, third overall. Is uh, and, Arnold still involved in those movies, or is he done? I it's don't just think, Stallone now, right? I don't even think Stallone was in that movie more than ten minutes, from what I hear. He just had like oh, really? quick okay. scenes, quick cameos. Yeah. So is it basically Jason Statham's movie now? Yeah, yeah look, that's what, else, that's and what I heard. And whoever yeah. else, okay. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of problems behind the scenes where he got in a fight with Bruce Willis. He got in a fight with Arnold, where nobody wanted to work with him. Um, he has a lot of stories behind the scenes, not just this movie, but everything he's ever done. So I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, but yeah, not not a big huge blockbuster weekend, kind of a uh, a uh, whimper. But the big news this week was the writers had finally struck a deal. Thank um, you. News came last weekend that the final offer was given out, and last last week, the, begin the beginning of the week, they had reached a tentative agreement. Um, after five months of being in a standstill, and the writers are now back. Um, thank God you're right because everybody can go back to work, but the, the actors are still striking and, uh, and that'll, that'll be it's coming. I think this week they're going to start renegotiations yep. after being off, off the uh, table for a couple months they, now. The rumor is that they should be able to get it done by mid to end November. I mean, mid to end October is what everyone's thinking now that this, this is over, the writers have come to an agreement. Yep. So hopefully that's true. And of course, since the writers came back, uh, late nights coming back on Monday as well. All the late night shows, um, and the big news this week with the writers' strike ending was that the Office reboot is officially in the works. The original uh, U.S. Office showrunner is coming back for this. Um, still no official word from Universal, NBC, who own it. Um, of course, based off the Ricky Gervais uh, UK version, but. Um, As a, it, a fan of The Office, which you are and I am not, how do you feel about them rebooting it? Pretty um, soon, honestly. The The problem with this is The Office is very, very much 
going to be coming back in a woke crowd. Yep, exactly. And it is a show that pushed so many boundaries in race, in sexualization, in the workplace, and everything. And it was funny as hell. And the big part of this is Steve Carell. And he, after he left in season eight or season seven, and they brought in uh, James Spader in season nine, eight, which was trash. And then um, Ed Helms took over as manager in season nine. Um, the show just went downhill. Um, yep. But the finale did pay 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 kind of the whole entire fan service to everything. Steve Carell came back. Spoiler if you've never seen it, um, yep. the wedding of uh, Angela and Dwight. But it's it's just it's a, it's a great time capsule of history of television. The way we were before the woke crowd took over and this new generation Gen Z took over and decided that everything was uh, controversial and racist, racist and sexist and. Comedy couldn't be comedy anymore. This is when comedy was at its best, at its peak, right before the slide down. But um, as far as it coming back, the thing about Dunder Mifflin is there are different offices in different states. So if they have another cast, they could have cameos from different managers, maybe coming back as road road reps for this paper company, this fake paper company. Um, they could have a brand new group of people in a Stanford office or like they did in the show or a Nashua office or anything. They have a Nashua office on the show. So, I mean, there's so much that they could do. I could see a reboot coming back and I just hope they don't, I, I hope they don't hold back, push the boundaries like they did before. And I would like it. However, it's NBC, so I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, we'll see about that. Um, so yeah, I already talked about SAG after are going to resume negotiations on, on Monday um, but they also, sag After also announced that they are going to be striking for video game artists. They're going to be striking for the voice actors. Yep. From what I hear, voice acting for video games is the worst job in Hollywood. They don't pay. It's hours and hours and hours upon just recording voices for, for video games. And they definitely don't pay like they do in animation for, for television or movies or anything like that. So they're trying to do the same thing, and they're going to be striking as well pretty soon. So um, video game video games will be uh, kind of slowed down a little bit as far as the voice acting is concerned. But I'm sure that, I'm sure that it's not going to hit them as much as Hollywood was hit with the movies. Um, but yeah, they're vowing for a strike, so that will be coming soon as well. Um, Comedy Central also. Right before the strike, the Daily Show had uh, Trevor Noah had left. And they were testing a lot of people to come in and do be the new host. And they had guest hosts each week. Um, some of them were old guests from the show. I know, um, um, what's his name? Fuck. Louis Black did a week. There's a bunch of people that did a different week. Um, and this guy, Hassan Mazaj, who was a, was a show, who was a lead to be taking over, he did a week as well. Um, then there's a controversy with him where where people started saying, oh, he, he was lying in his act. He was being um, fake about his act, about telling stories, and about the stories not being fully true. But that's the way comedy, stand-up comedy is, right. especially. So that kind of was a uh, was a shitty thing that they did to him. But um, Comedy Central has widened the search for this, for this uh, new host, whoever's going to take over the Comedy Central uh, Daily Show. Um, Daily Show for us. 
in our t- in our with especially the John Stewart, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert years was fantastic in not yep. in like two thousand two. We talked about it before, but um, who was after John Stewart? Who was the host? Um, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah was for the last five. So years. he's the one that he's the yeah. one that took up. Oh yeah, it was John Stewart after the blonde dude, right? Um, uh, it's Craig Kilborn. Yes, I started watching when Craig Kilborn was the yeah, host. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then I fell in love with it when John Stewart was the me host. Me too. Yeah. Um, I have no interest in this show anymore because I don't really watch it. Um, but if Lewis Black was the permanent host, wouldn't that be I would great? Probably watch because be I love Lewis Black. Me too. I love him to death. He's hilarious. I found out about him from the show. Yeah, me too. Um, and he's just he's. I love Lewis Black, so I would probably watch if it's... he was the host. It's unbelievable that he's the one person from the very beginning when we were watching twenty years ago that's still part of the show. He just yeah. he still does segments on the show. His uh, his uh, Lewis Black ranch rants that he used to do on the show. He still does that now. Um, oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, so they're coming back soon. They're going to be doing more uh, more guest hosts as well. Um, and they're going to try to find a permanent host. But um, R.I.P. to Michael Gambon, who yes. if you're a fan of Harry Potter. Played Dumbledore. This is the second Dumbledore. The second after Dumbledore. Passed. Yep. Um, the, the first, first one, of course, Richard from Harris. The Count of Monte Cristo. Yep, Richard Harris. Um, he died at 82 years old. He died in the hospital. He had a, had an illness. Um, so I, I loved him in Harry Potter. I think I preferred him over Richard Harris. I know Richard Harris, like you mentioned, he was in Count of Monte Cristo. He's and, in uh, more of it though, so it's like tough to really give an yes, opinion because yeah. Richard Harris died before. Um, but I love Richard Harris as an actor. He was great in Count of Monte Cristo, yeah. and he was very good in the first. Was he in the first one or the first two? First two. Harry Potter's. Harry Potter's first two, yeah. okay. And Michael Gambon... I mean, this guy did a great job. He yeah, did a he, great he, job when he took over. Yeah, because uh, Dumbledore had a lot of story later in the series, especially I mean, if you've seen mm. the movies, you know about what happens with Dumbledore. But um, he was great in it, and uh, RIP to him. He was uh, he was great in that series, and that's what he'll be remembered for. Um, and I think he was very proud of that, too. Um, what are your thoughts on Usher being the headliner of the uh, Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah. Exactly. I think uh, they're I missing don't, opportunities. I haven't really cared for a Super Bowl halftime show outside of the Eminem, 50 Cent, Dr. Yeah. Dre, Snoop Dogg one. Probably in like... I don't think I've ever really cared about it, to be honest. Uh, it was cool when they did... Uh, I think it was U2 did it after 9-11. Yeah. And they had all the names of the people that died in the background. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, like... I never even saw the Janet Jackson shit until like... Three I mean, days later, because yeah, I tune I tune out during the halftime. There's always people always plan uh, networks plan like random things to go on during the halftime so that they yep. can get some people off the Super Bowl and watch their thing. Like, well, we had halftime. Even did a, halftime they heat. Even did halftime heat. Yeah, I <coughs> McFoley had an empty arena match. Yep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Usher headlining this year for some reason. I know Jay Z's in charge of it. Um, and uh, Live Nation, MTV was in charge of it yeah. for a very long time. Um, yeah, and, uh, I think I think will do a great job. I think he'll yeah. do a great job. Uh, he's a good performer, yeah. so I'll say that he's a good choice. Um, I don't know how relevant he is nowadays, but he's a good choice. Yeah. If this was in two thousand and three, it would have been a better choice. Yeah. Um, but you know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. And they're also in Las Vegas, so they missed opportunities with a few Las Vegas acts, or they could have brought in as well. But yep. Um, actually, Prince doing it when it was in Minnesota. That was, per- that, was awesome. that was perfect. That was perfect. That was that was great. And I mean, I think 
when it was in Detroit one year, everyone wanted them to do Eminem, but it was too close to the whole uh, Janet Jackson thing. They were staying away from anyone that could be relatively controversial. So he never got his chance until he did it with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to get into some Marvel news. Um, Deadpool 3. Um, big rumors coming out of Twitter or X this week where Deadpool will embark on a quest to find the perfect Wolverine and he'll run into a bunch of variants before he runs into the perfect one, which will obviously, obviously always be Hugh Jackman. And that's what, that's what the realization is going to become. And then he's also going to realize that Wolverine can never be recast. It's always going to be Hugh Jackman. And the story is that he won't be recast until after Secret Wars and he'll be a part of that. Secret Wars is going to be epic. I mean, we already knew Endgame was going to be epic because it was going to be the conclu- conclusion of, of that phase, of that that saga. Yeah. But the way they're going to be bringing in different characters for different eras of the Fox universe, and whoever's left from the Deadpool movie in the Fox universe, I should say, and the Sony universe, and the Marvel universe, and I can see a variant of uh, Tony Stark being part of this as well. Um, it's just going to be a great ending to everything as, as that we loved growing up, and... Um, I can't. I can't wait for it. And uh, there will. They and of course, they they also reinforce that this will be the soft reboot of everything after um, for all new Iron Mans, all new Captain Americas, all new characters going forward, and almost like an ultra, ultimate universe. So we'll see. Um, also, Marvel Studios reportedly cut Echo down to five episodes from six. They cut an episode completely out for pacing. Miss um, Marvel also rumored to already have a season two in the works. Um, also, uh, question. Yeah. You watch every Marvel show, no matter how good or bad, right? Yeah. I tap out usually. Do you even give a flying fuck about Echo? Because I don't see anyone that does. I liked, I liked her in Hawkeye. Yep. But that was Hawkeye. And that was also Kingpin returning. That was There's a bunch of shit going on in that Christmas yep. story, blah, blah, blah. As far as a solo series, I think this should have been a movie or a maybe like a one of those special presentations, hour long ones they did before. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been um, fine. Or she could just be a character in the universe and not get her own shit. Yeah, this doesn't make sense why they chose this. I mean, I know why because they're trying to be diverse, I guess. But um, yeah, the, it's not on the top of my interest for anything right now. But this is Thunderbolts. Stephen Yen coming back. Stephen Yen, of course, famous for being Glenn on The Walking Dead. He's going to be playing Bob Reynolds. Rumors. This is not. This is not um, official. Yep. But Bob Reynolds, who is the Century, who is basically Marvel's version of Superman, if Superman had this ability to make everyone around him amnesic to his to to his history. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play out in the MCU, but Stephen Yen will be the superhero who has basically the Century. During the whole super serum for Sir Steve Rogers, after Steve Rogers is frozen, every government is testing a super serum. And they make this one that's a hundred times powerful than the Captain America one. And this Bob Reynolds runs, runs into a warehouse, drinks up this potion, and becomes the Sentry. Who is a very, very strong Superman-like character, has a lot of the same Superman powers, but he also has this very dark void part of his power where he kind of blanks out and this dark demon takes over um and it also creates this weird power where amnesia and nobody knows who the century is um it's, it's very strange there's a comic book it does the, I, the, um, the men in black kind of men. kind of yeah nobody knows who he is like there's a scene in the comic books where i think it's mr fantastic comes in 
um, and doesn't know who he is, and then it kind of comes back to him, rushing back to him of who the sentry is when he finds out more information about this Bob Reynolds that he's looking at. Um, he's kind of retired, and he was the old sentry. Um, but they're also saying that Steven Yen's going to be comic book accurate, which is weird because the comic accurate suit is very Superman-like. And Steven Yen always, to me, always seemed like a very small, scrawny Asian man, so I'm not sure. Yeah, he's fucking tiny. I'm not sure how he's they're like going to play it off. Five foot seven. Yeah. But you can do a lot with cameras and padding in the outfit, but he's got to get some bulk because Sentry is a Sentry is a huge character, like physically imposing yeah. character. Yeah. Um, so they probably should have cast Henry Cavill, but whatever. Yeah, Anyways, they should have. You're right. It'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting to see Stephen Yang take that role. Um, yeah. And can he bulk up? That's the question. That's the question. And I mean, I know um, he has access to um, certain drugs that can help you out. Because uh, they don't drug test in Hollywood and whatnot. And obviously, the best trainers he could get will be paid for by Marvel. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, hell, the kid from fucking Where the Millers bulked the fuck up. Like, he did. He got, he got huge. Yeah. And he's a scr- he was a scrawny guy before. Even, so what's his name? Know. What's his name from the Eternals that was in uh, Silicon Valley, too? Uh, I can't yeah, remember his um, name. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, the Indian guy. Or yeah. Pakistani, yeah, he he was yeah. uh, he did the same thing. He all of a sudden just bulked up with muscles, like shot himself yep. with steroids like crazy. But I'm um, looking forward to that. Also looking forward to Marvel now looking for writers for the X Men movie officially. Now that the writer strikes are over, um, we knew that was coming. Um, that's that's behind the scenes, but it's it's happening. Everybody's looking for writers for that, um, and I don't see that happening till after Secret Wars as well. But we'll 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 figure that out later. Um, Martin Scorsese still fighting comic book <laughs> movies, still being. He does in this his every time he curmudgeon. has a new movie out. He does, yeah. It's every time he has a new movie out, he talks about it. Um, basically, saying that uh, people are going to, there are going to be generations of people that think that those movies are what real cinema are, what real cinema is, and movies like what he makes is just going to be a flash in the pan, not part of the culture. He's doing this. He's basically saying that Marvel is not doing great for the culture. For movies, so yeah, and uh, you didn't put the quote in there. That's my favorite quote of his. What is that? about Christopher Nolan, where he said that people have to look towards Christopher Nol- filmmakers like Christopher Nolan. Yes, I forgot about and that. And <laughs> Christopher Nolan made a Batman trilogy yeah. um, because he was talking Wait, about but- comic book movies in general, not just Marvel. Um, but the thing with that is too is it's like movies are there for entertainment first and foremost. Uh, whether you consider yourself high-class cinema or not, they're there to entertain people. And Marvel has entertained people for the better part since 2008 with Iron Man um, or the MCU. And before that, obviously, with the Spider-Man movies and whatnot. I mean, movies are made to be enjoyed and entertain you and give you a feeling. And not everything has to be this three-and-a-half-hour, like, quote-unquote, real cinema um, which is what I get into debates about with the Snyder people all the time. Um, but anyways, l- let's just Marvel makes entertaining movies for the most part. Seventy five percent of their movies are exceptionally entertaining. Even the ones I don't like, I was entertained by parts of. Mm-hmm. So, um, really looking forward to Martin Scorsese's new movie though. Yeah, it comes uh, out on Apple TV. That. Apple TV uh, next month. It's yeah, I think it's uh, got a theater run and then Apple TV. Yeah, um, middle, middle October, I think I read. I put it in the notes yeah October twentieth. It comes out in theater. Okay, I think it comes out on Apple in like November. It might. I, it's not day and date. Um, it's okay. getting a little bit of a theater run, but uh, yeah, Killers of Flower Moon does look good. Okay, 
Uh, also, with the writer strike coming out, Paramount has it in its top priority to reboot the Star uh, Star Trek movie franchise. Um, getting rid of, I think, sounds like they're getting rid of all the cast, the the JJ cast that came out in two thousand and nine, um, and rebooting the whole entire franchise again. Yeah, um, I mean, the my hope for that kind of died with Anton Yelkin. I don't yes. mean that as a joke, but when he passed right. away, I was like, they're not going to do, they're not going to recast him. And they're probably going to hold off a bit. I know there was a what for a while Tarantino was talking about doing a Star Trek movie, which probably wouldn't have been with that cast, anyways. No. Um, those movies are good. I like the J.J. Abrams ones a Me lot. Me too. Me too. I've been told by real quote unquote real Star Trek fans that they're absolute terrible and garbage. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I did too. Um, after the writer's strike, uh, Stars also canceled Heels, the Stephen Amell. Mm. Uh, wrestling show. Um, CM Punk was in that. I think AJ, his wife AJ. I never was in saw it, but I wanted to. Me too. Um, no, we don't have stars. Is it on, is it on Netflix? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Speaking of Netflix, have... why haven't we done the wrestling show they have that's like apparently um, really good? Yeah, we need to watch that. We'll have to do that next month. I watched the um, first episode. Um, it's good. It's Al Snow. Al Snow's wrestling yeah. school. We need to talk about that. We'll do that. Yeah, we have to do that um, at some point. Maybe after October. We'll do it in November yep. before the holiday movie stuff. Yeah, we need to talk about that, too, when I'm moving. We may have to take a break in between. Yeah. We'll talk about that off-pod. Um, yeah. November 1st, uh, Canadian subscribers were given an email sent out by Disney Plus saying that they're going to be getting rolling out their initiative to stop password sharing. We already talked about that a few weeks ago. But in Canada, they sent out an email, so I'm sure U.S. is not too far behind. Speaking of which, I did send out a few texts today letting everyone know that my Disney Plus account, which may or may not be on other people's devices, will not be working a month from now because I'm canceling it after Ahsoka because I only watch it when a new Star Wars show comes out. It's funny you say that. I'm also canceling Hulu. I've canceled Peacock. I've canceled something else, too. Um, I've you had to cancel. Peacock? I, I thought Peacock came with your Comcast. It doesn't anymore. I don't have, Pe- I don't have uh, Comcast. I got uh, uh, Breeze Line because it was cheaper. So I don't have I don't have the deal anymore. Okay. So it's it's twelve ninety nine a month. That's right. Are you keeping HBO? Uh, HBO, phone, right? HBO is part of my phone, so that's great. And I am keeping Disney Plus just because I love the Marvel stuff and, and the okay. Star Wars stuff. See, everything um, on there that I want to watch, I have access to without having Disney Plus. Because you have most of your the Marvel stuff mm-hmm. on our shared account. Yeah. Um, and I will be watching low-key, um, quote-unquote, low-key style. Okay, because yeah, that, that comes out next week. Yep. <laughs> Friday. I, it just uh, renewed yesterday, so I have another month of Disney. Okay, cool. It's officially canceled. Um, XFL still trying to keep this thing alive. The Rock bought it after Vince McMahon tried to to redo it during the pandemic, um, and now uh, Rock's XFL is merging with the United States Football League, which I don't know what the fuck they are. They're not the NFL, so I don't care. I don't even care about they the basically, NFL. Basically, I think they tried to do a like basically a similar thing with just football during the off season. And I think they were competing with the XFL. They were running the same time. Okay. Um, speaking of The Rock, speaking of wrestling, Merriam, Di- Merriam Webster's Dictionary announced the new words for uh, going in the dictionary for next year. And one of them is a wrestling term which has been used for years kayfabe. Um, Going to be in the new uh, dictionary next year. I also saw Mid um, and a few other ones that are very popular in uh, for the generation now, the Gen Z or whatever. Um, are going in as well. Um, Chevy Chase had a lot of problems behind the scenes on Community. And uh, did you ever watch Community? I think we talked about that once. You never were into it, right? I've seen the whole thing. I watched it during the oh, pandemic. Okay. okay, cool. 
Um, Community is a decent show. Chevy Chase was part of the beginning. Got into a lot yep. of controversy behind the scenes with the creator and ended up getting fired or quit. I can't yep. remember the whole story. But. Yeah, I got into that. I started watching that because I, I became a big fan of Donald Glover around. that. It was around the time Atlanta right. started. Right, so right, it was right. probably right around the pandemic. Atlanta season two had just ended, so I started watching it. Um, yeah, it's good, but I always heard stuff about they just never got along with Chevy Chase anyways. Like that was the story. Kind of asshole to everyone, yeah. Yeah, that was the story behind the scenes. And he's he's come out, he's doing a promotion for something, maybe a book or something. I have a fucking idea. But he's coming out saying that the first four seasons of Community um, were trash. And he hated being around those people every day. Um, and the show wasn't funny enough for him, is what he said. I thought the show was great. Um, the best... It was a different kind of comedy to me. Like It wasn't like I didn't die laughing, but it was no. funny. It, and the know? best episodes of that series were the paintball episodes. I thought they were great oh, yeah. the way they yep. did those. Yep. Um, but yeah, Chippy Chase, behind the scenes, not only on this show, but Saturday Night Live as well. He got in a fist fight with Bill Murray. Um, he's done a lot of weird shit. He's, he's known in Hollywood to be an ass, so I'm not surprised. Um, Golden Globes are adding two new categories. One for blockbuster movies and one for stand-up comics. Um, best stand-up comic special. So yeah, this is pretty good to do this. To kind of the blockbuster one, especially because they get lost in the shuffle with the best picture audience. So this would be kind of cool. Um, you have a lot of blockbusters on there, and they won't get uh, lost. It would be kind of kind of cool to see that in the Golden Golden Globes. The Academy Awards should do that. As I well. like the stand-up comics uh, aspect. I don't know how I feel about the blockbuster. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just kind of like. Well, this movie made a lot of money, but it's yeah. not like an academy, or it's not you know worthy. So it's like we're just going to throw it in this category. Um, Here's your percentage. I just hope it isn't. I just hope it isn't a thing that's basically like you made the most money, so you win yeah. the award every year. That's what I hope. Like, like I enjoyed Barbie obviously more than you. Like, I just don't want them to be like you made the most money this year, so the award's yours type deal. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm glad that stand up comics is entering the race. And uh, maybe Bill Burr will win a Golden Globe. That'd be cool. I can't wait for that movie, too. Or Tom Segura. Yeah, that movie's going to be awesome. Tom Segura, yeah. I'd love to see it. Uh, the guy from The Machine. So good. Burt. I mean, love Burt. Yep, so many good stand-up comedians that deserve to get their, their praise. Because a lot goes into directing. Everything that goes into a regular movie goes into a stand-up special. Every yep. single aspect of a regular movie goes into a stand-up special. Yep. Down to editing, everything, grips, mm -hmm. everything. So yep. it's it's nice they're being honored now. Music, every all of yep. it. Um, yep. Tom Brady. I know you're a fan of the Patriots. I know you're a fan of Tom Brady's years in the Patriots. Um, mm -hmm. A bio work about his uh, bi a biopic about his whole life and his whole time on the Patri in the Patriots called The Patriots Way is going to be in development. Um, it was announced today by Variety. Um, Tom Brady back with the Patriots. Uh, he's kind of he's retired, of course, but um, he's back in the good graces after being with the Buccaneers for a couple yeah. of years. I mean, he was never he never left the grace right. of the Patriots. They just went their separate ways. Um, I think a lot of stuff was blown out of proportion by the media. This is going to be interesting, though, if it's like a true biopic where they cast somebody to be Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be hmm. yeah, you're interesting. Right. Yeah, you're right that's going to that. be real interesting, considering the guy was playing two years ago. Um, at this time last year, he was still playing. It's just, it seems very soon to be doing a biopic like that. Um, of course, there's been 20 different documentaries, and he's in all of them about his own life. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's obviously going to be picked up by somebody, and uh, we're still probably three or four years away from it. 
but uh, it's it's interesting. And I know at one point he was working with the Russos. I don't know what they're doing or if they're going to have any involvement in this. Um, that was announced like five years ago or four years ago. Maybe that was one of the documentaries that was already released. That could be it. But I just know yeah. that at one point he was working with the Russos. Well, he did do that 80 for Brady. That was his own production company that did that. And yep. I, I didn't read up on this. I'm wondering if this is his production company that's doing this as well and kind of taking the reins before anybody else does. Probably. That could be. Likely. That could be. Well, that could I mean, be what it is. Egan, he has power anyways. Like nobody yeah. can do it without his say so. So he's yeah. probably just getting, getting ahead of it and doing yeah. it himself. Sounds, that sounds more like it to me. Um, Target stores um, reportedly no longer selling DVDs, Blu-rays, or CDs. I know they're still selling video games and vinyl. Um, those are big sellers still at the moment. But yep. um, I haven't been in a Target in a while. I actually last when I ordered that stuff last week, I did a pickup outside. So yep. I haven't been inside the store itself, but. Um, um, scanning the notes, I noticed you didn't put this in it, so since this is the perfect time to talk about it, yep. uh, today, Friday, the mm-hmm. last Netflix DVDs have been yes. sent out that will never yep. be returned. Yep. Um, if you have any Netflix DVDs, they're letting you keep them. Yep. Whatever they're sending you, they're sending you whatever's in your queue plus random movies. Mm-hmm. So some people are going to be getting upwards of 40 DVDs. Uh, wow. as a going away and a thank you because they just want to get rid of their stock i'm sure anyways um so that's yeah i used to have a queue i used to have a queue back in the day then the streaming thing happened i'm not even sure yeah, maybe I, was, I still I was have asking one. you if you i, was I better i better you, look well if you're not paying for it then they're not going to send it to you it's not part but, of the streaming it's not part of the streaming right. uh, any i thought it was i wasn't sure how that i don't worked, think worked. so okay maybe i, I don't, don't think so um okay. Because I think it was an additional money if you wanted the the DVD sent okay. to you. Okay. Okay. Um, but how long did you have Netflix, real quick, uh, while it was just discs? I never. I think I had it for a, like maybe a year, but I didn't have it long. Um, I okay. always used to like to go to the Blockbuster. Or the I used yeah, to go to me Blockbuster. too. I like the experience of going yeah. to wherever for it. Um, yeah. I had it. I got it for <coughs> Christmas one year from uh, Uncle Jimmy. Actually, um, Uncle Jimmy got Shout it for me for Jimmy. Christmas. Yep, we love Uncle Jimmy. Um, yeah, he, he and my Aunt Rose, Beth's parents, gave it to me for Christmas, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But I was I was young. Like, I wasn't – I think I was going to – I might have been going to college and just didn't feel like having it all sent to my parents' house where I wasn't there. And so I just never kind of picked up on it after that. Um, but I had it for – I think it was six months they got me a membership okay. to it, and it was – it was awesome. And then Gamefly, of course, took the idea with video games, which I think is a way better idea, to be honest, because people can still use that. Like, a lot of people are away from physical media. A lot of people don't even have DVD players anymore. Um, but with the Gamefly, I think is a better idea, and I think they're still going. Yeah, they, they still are. Um, a third game in the Star Wars Jedi series is officially in the works. Um, I haven't even played the second one yet with, uh, with this. Yep, Cal Kisses. Cal, Cal which, games. Which, I mean... I hope they bring him into Star Wars too soon. I hope so too. I really hope they would bring him into the Disney+. Actor could easily, the actor yeah. could easily play that role in live action. He was a very good Joker. He's awesome and shameless. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool to see him and them do the what DC is planning to do where they play them in the movies, the TV shows, and the, the video games. It would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Nintendo are reportedly releasing in 2024 a new open-world 3D Super Mario game. I don't know what that means, technically, but uh, that's pretty exciting. I, uh, I love Mario. Uh, 
I love Odyssey. Was that, was that, Odyssey yeah, I, awesome. I guess it was. I guess it was considered open world, wasn't it? Um, I mean, you could go anywhere you wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is going to be like just one plane though, mm-hmm. and you can go anywhere that way. But like, the other one was kind of like a mix of open world and traditional levels, but it was more open world than previous ones. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Ghostbusters, the sequel coming out soon. It got delayed because of the pan, pan, uh, pandemic and everything else, but this one coming out soon. And the ghost trap is going to be a popcorn bucket in the movie theaters. Yeah, we're getting that. We definitely are getting that because it looks awesome. Um, and finally this week, uh, a little teaser at the beginning of the song I played with Tupac. Police arrested a man in connection with his murder after 23, no, 27 years? Um, yeah. From the 1996 killing where he got murdered in Las Vegas. Um, this uh, Keefe D character has been known to talk shit about it was him actually being in the car. Twenty it was twenty six years next uh it was twenty six years ago this like month. three weeks. Yeah. Yeah this, this month, month. Yeah. it was twenty six years ago th- this month. Yeah. Did you hear the guy said that he didn't know he did he thought there was a statue of limitations? Yeah. He's been, he's been he's been writing a book so the the cops went into his house and got his transcript for the book and that's why they arrested him. Because yeah. he pretty much confessed that he was in the car he wasn't the one that did the shooting, supposedly. It came from the well, backseat of the vehicle. Well, he wouldn't confess that either way, so yeah. Right. Um, and he also wasn't mentioning names because, because well, gang life. Suge I mean, Knight's going to kill him anyways, because Suge Knight killed Shug, him. Suge Knight's in jail. Yep. Getting raped daily. Actually, yep. it probably isn't because he's a big guy, but... Yeah, um, I was going to say, he's... Uh, he's doing the raping. He's doing the raping. <laughs> he's, um... He's got connections, though, still. Like, Suge Knight, I would not... Name names if Suge Knight was the guy that was actually responsible. That's just a rumor that's been going around forever. Yep. Um, so that's it for the show. Um, next nope, week is... it's not it for the show. We forgot one thing on the what we watched. I did watch all three episodes of Gen V today. Which the you took off the did, notes. The reason we didn't, didn't because I it. didn't. I had some shit yes, going on. I just want to let you know that it's very good. And it's... It is more... It, it is fucking outlandish. Like, it is the boys with the volume turned up. And it is a lot of fun. I have about 20 minutes left in the third episode that I'm going to watch after we're done. Um, but yeah, I just want to let you know that I do really enjoy it. And I can't wait for next week when episode four comes out. Nice. Um, so, yeah, next week we're going to talk about that. Next week, also show and tell beginning of the month. We're going to do the flip whips. I think the ranch may be in stock at Target in Greenland. So, I'm going to try to get over okay. there. Um, Ahsoka, uh, I guess it's the finale next week. We're gonna watch that. Uh, also, didn't review all the iOS stuff and all the all the all that stuff. And the big thing next week is Loki season two is going to be premiering on on uh, primetime Thursday night. I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm hoping it's good. Um, I love that. I love that first season so much. So we'll get into that. And thanks everyone for Super. listening. Thank you. We will. We'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Yep. Pay the actors. Oh yeah. Telling the truth